Welcome, everybody. This is 372 Pages We'll Never Get Back. I am Connor Lestoka, and this is the podcast book club where Mike Nelson and I read books that we don't expect that we're going to like. And we have read nine books so far, and we are ready to start our tenth. Mike, ten books. Did you ever think it would make it to the to the vaunted double digit stage? I did not. It was uh, <laughs> it was rough going out of the gate. Yeah, um, and it's uh, continued on that way uh, ever since. But uh, no, I'm I'm happy to be here. We've had we've had ups, we've had downs, we've had Brams, we've had Kleins. It's uh, it's been quite a ride. I thought you were going to say we've had Brams, we've had Brahms. We should uh, we should do one of those uh, infographics where it's you know like X amount of pages read. Uh, you know, X amount of times book thrown across room, um, X amount of, you know, words mispronounced, et cetera. Actual spit takes. I believe I've had a few. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, dark web, uh, minutes logged. Um, <laughs> but it's all, it's all going to pay off because, you know, who knows? This could be, uh, this could be the, the, the book that we end up reading and enjoying. You never know. I mean, well, that's not true. We've enjoyed several books, but this could be, uh, you know, we, we could find a, a hidden gem here. Yeah, I was thinking about the the pattern of our books. Um, we've we've kind of ridden a little surf of uh, ups and downs of kind of big names and maybe smaller names. No yeah. insult to you, Dwight David Thrash, right? Uh, yeah, or uh, Charles Jim E. Harris. Thomas. You know, he's a he's yeah. a big name in in his community. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Was a big name. But uh, I don't know how this fits in with that pattern. It, I think it slightly disrupts it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So but, the the last book we read was a it was a big name, but it was so old that I think you know it, it sort of fit into the you know it wasn't it was never going to be a, a bestseller. And I think that maybe when this book came out, they had they had you know delusions that that it might set the world on fire. Oh, I think so. I mean, given uh, uh, given its history, I don't. Yeah, I'm, Trying to be very careful with my words here. We have to. We have to keep the reveal. Yeah, we have to. We got. I guess I could give a few clues. Um, sure, and this, you know, it's undoubtedly a a big name. You know, you can't you can't dispute that. It is a very big name. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, yeah, we've we've worked with this person and their material in the past. Boy, have we! In the recent past, <laughs> uh, this person is an actor. Mm. Uh, and is also a, a director. Yeah. A director uh, and also um, creates, I would say, chimeric creatures yeah, who may or may not have lipstick smeared on their teeth. <laughs> what have I, we done? I can't do it. It's not. <laughs> okay. It's not, <laughs> right. It's not, Pappy. It's just like, yeah, it's like that prank but Everything where, I said is true. Yeah. Where they the parents pretend that they're eating their kids Halloween candy and they have to <laughs> and make them actually cry before they reveal it. Right? No, no, we we wouldn't it's do that. Those parents who scare their kids too, I find that just amazing. You know, get your kid to scream by jumping out of a closet with a mask on and then laughing at them. <laughs> right. Or that's, tell them they're not going to be able to see uh, Ninja Turtles two in the theater because they didn't clean their room and they burst into tears. Yeah, boy, Fun. that was misplayed. <laughs> But yeah, no. So this is a this is a a bigger name. Um, uh, I mean, possibly the biggest name. He's one of the one of the most uh, well known uh, names in the world. But he's also a, a a divisive figure, even amongst people who are admittedly fans of his work. Uh, people, he's the he's the person people love to hate. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he. You're, yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think he could be 
the top uh, money earner of all time in the industry in which he he works. Yeah, I, I mean, I I'm hard pressed to think of anyone else. That seems that seems likely. I mean, his his creations will outlive us all. Um, they will they will continue to print money, and there's a there's a new one there's a new one coming out soon. I mean, yeah, why not? We don't need to dance around it anymore. This this book does have an analog in our in our 372 page averse. Um, and that would be the, uh, I believe it was the third book we ever did, right? Yeah, that was just the third. Right. Yeah. So uh, Tech War is the is the closest parallel, I think. It's got the uh, the big name, uh, sort of lending his his time, uh, his name, his 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 vision, and then uh, a a random dope right, gets gets roped in to sort of lay it out on the page. Right, to expand this universe that he's created, this well-known universe that he's created. <laughs> Beloved, oh, some might Worldwide say. success. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, the, so the, the, the first author is George Lucas. Mm-hmm. And as we, as, as people probably know, whether you've read him or not, he has, um, he has written or authorized books, uh, to expand upon his universes, and those are, you know, worldwide bestsellers of themselves, whether they're adaptations or novelizations or, you know, just more of the expanded uh, Star Wars universe. Yeah, there is canon, there's non-canonical, there are, I think, parallel universe worlds, I assume. I, I assume there's dozens or maybe hundreds of those. There's an X-Wing pilot who is literally a horse in one of the comics. um yeah so uh yeah there's a the whole world exists people have written in to suggest some of those there's some particularly bad star wars books and we are not going to do any of those we are we are going to examine another one of the uh lucas cinematic universes the willowverse (laughs) 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 because when willow came out in in 1988 People were left thinking, I need to know where this story goes. And so in 1995, a mere seven years later, George Lucas co-wrote Shadow Moon with Chris Claremont uh, uh-huh. to, to, keep, to, keep this, to keep this beloved story going. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so this book is called Shadow Moon, and it is the, uh, it's, it's, it's where the Willowverse uh, left off with the movies. And uh, it sounds like this guy, Chris Claremont, he, he roped in to do this, is, is very respected in, in, if you know his name, you know it and, and, and respect it. Uh, he was a longtime X-Men writer who gave us uh, characters, created characters such as Rogue, Sabretooth, Gambit, Psylocke, Multiple Man, and wrote the Dark Phoenix saga, the Days of Future Past, all things that I knew uh, when I was reading X-Men comics. Those were storylines that they would always refer to. So he's a, uh, yeah, he's a, a big a big deal. And uh, I think the phrase that I most closely associate uh, with the X-Men, I'm the best that there is at what I do, and what I do isn't very nice. <laughs> Is what Wolverine, that classic Wolverine phrase. Yeah, that was a, <laughs> and it rolls off the tongue. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's, he was, uh, he fleshed out the big characters. He, he, he brought some of these, these people to life. I mean, I don't know where, um, uh, erotic X-Men fan art would be without Psylocke. So we have him to thank for that. Um, but yeah, let's talk a little bit more about Willow. What is your, uh, what is your experience with Willow? Well, I saw it at the uh, the legendary Cooper Theater 
here in uh, Minneapolis or a suburb thereof. Don't get snippy with me. I know where it is. <laughs> um, and uh, which is Prince's favorite theater. I saw it, it. The Willow had a huge, like, you know, 70 millimeter screen. It was known for that giant house. I don't remember how many seats. Wow. And I think I I'm pretty. And, you know, Ron Howard, I wanted to see the next Ron Howard movie. Mm-hmm. I think he was he had already had some success. And why not? And I think I slept through it pretty much. <laughs> and I just remember the brownies, Kevin Pollack and Rick Overton, I think, running around with a uh, you know voice filter on, yeah. doing high voices. Very annoying. <laughs> I mean, take Disembodio and uh, amp up the annoyingness. Wow. Those guys. <laughs> yeah. Don't wish that Oof. upon anybody. So no. it was Ron Howard directing, but George Lucas's vision? I believe so. So yeah. he was already doing that crap <laughs> in uh in you know before any prequel was even a twinkle in his eye. Right. Yeah, but the thing I remember most is it was uh 2 hours and 4 minutes I believe. I'm I'm just checking it now. I remember it being enormously long wow. for what it was. And I left thinking, boy, he's barely scratched the surface <laughs> of this universe. I need more. <laughs> uh but but he said I found this quote on the page about it lucas when i wrote the story for willow i began with the pre-story but the full story was yet to be told man repeating a pattern that this guy is going to do forever not giving us an actual story but promising that if we continue to watch or read for a year after year there's a story in there i swear are there more chilling words than lucas saying the story needs to be told further it's it's his whole uh, his whole way of producing stuff is kind of like when you turn the mustard upside down and the thin uh, yellow vinegar sprays all over your hot dog bun. That's what he gives you and promises there'll be more later. So, I have uh, a I have a distinct memory of the, of my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. McCannell, did an exercise where you had to create your own word. Like you mm-hmm. had to coin your own word as a fourth grader. And the example that she gave us that we were designed to emulate was one, one of her sons had came up with to describe that liquid. And she called it, <laughs> she called it musquirt. And it is revolting. And I've never been able to not think of that every time I do that. Every time I forget to shake up the mustard. Wow, your teacher had a slow day where she's making you create uh, sniglets. Isn't that? Uh... <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but okay, yeah. So, so uh, I don't have a. I, I do have a memory of, it, of of Willow. It's not as strong as as Musquirt, but uh, I was I was like seven when this came out, so I probably would have seen it on like either TV or you know video a couple years later. But um, the thing that I remembered uh, distinctly was going to Wendy's and uh, they had a Willow, whatever their Happy Meal tie-in was, was these plastic cups. Um, that when you poured liquid into them, like the color would change, like they would reveal something like it probably made the skeleton's bones show up or something. Um, and I went to look these up and uh, they do exist. And it turned up the Tumblr blog, uh, fuck yeah, willow.tumblr.com, <laughs> which, <laughs> which, well, we found our resource for this one. <laughs> so it, yeah, it had a picture of the happy meal cups and then it had, um, it just had some good quotes. Um, the uh, the the first one I found out was I, this was unattributed, but I think um, I think it uh, I'll read it and then speculate as who the author was. Sometimes in the middle of a hectic day, I find myself stopping and just remembering that the movie Willow exists, and I think Mad Mardigan, fuck yeah. So I think mm. that that might have been Ernest Klein musing about uh, 
Willow. We get not another Harry, not Harry Knowles. <laughs> Could have been. I'm sure that he is enthused. I'm sure he has written, written a revolting review, possibly of a, a Willow re-release. But then we get this one from Warwick Davis, the star. Um, he says, I, I really see Star Wars as the break, but Willow was another kind of boost along the way. The first role I'd had where I wasn't hidden behind the creature mask. And still again, another tribute to George Lucas. Again, he's created a film in Willow that has stood the test of time. Mm. So again, you know, you see why you would need to write a whole trilogy to expand upon the uh, the Willowverse. I can't imagine anyone returning to Willow, but... Um... I mean, has it ever come up as your family is, you know, home for the holidays, snowstorm, guys, let's uh, gather around the TV with popcorn and turkey sandwiches and watch Willow again? <laughs> so, uh, you it's know, so unfathomable I, to me, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But so I was eight. And so you get those, you know, cups from a Happy Meal and you in your world, that just means that this is a movie that is a gigantic deal and everyone's seen. But it seems like it was a, uh, you know, a middling I guess it was number one at the box office uh, the weekend it came out. Um, and it says that Lucas hoped it would earn as much money as E.T., but it faced early competition with Big, Rambo 3, and Crocodile Dundee 2. So, you know, when you're, when you're facing off heavy hitters like that, you know, you can see why it only made over $57 million in the, in the box office, 110 worldwide. It was not the blockbuster hit insiders had anticipated. Um, well, don't you don't you think that if you're uh, a Paul Hogan or Sylvester Stallone, you hope that your movies make as much as E.T. the Extraterrestrials? <laughs> right. I assume that's kind of the hope when anyone makes a movie. Right, exactly. Someone's, you know, producing Transformers and they're like, we see Shia LaBeouf as the next Harrison Ford. And it's like, sure. Yeah, we all, you know, <laughs> I see this lottery ticket I just bought as being the 700 million Powerball winner. They thought that, and the audience, uh, the greater audience worldwide, said, "No, no, 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 no." Oh boy, we have a a riff tracks coming out today with Jurassic World two that features a guy who is very much channeling Shia LaBeouf and who does not die in the movie, to my great dismay. And coming up, you know, trying for Shia LaBeouf and coming up short, right, is like one of those old timey planes with twelve wings that just crashes before it gets up. You you look even worse because it, of it. It's like playing the uh, the uh, Chuck E. Cheese claw game and going for a stuffed minion and coming up with a just a pile of dog poo that ended up inside the machine. <laughs> something. But uh, so yeah, this this book was was recommended to us by a listener. Um, so once again, we like to tell you who you have to blame. Uh, this person, I don't know if you can seek them out. Their name was Stellar K. That's their uh, that's their Gmail name. But they said. While reading Tech War, I thought about another book for this podcast, Shadow Moon by George Lucas and Chris Claremont. So this is, I noticed the next two books, they are credited as story by George Lucas and Chris, written by Chris Claremont. So they, they drop the pretense, um, or maybe just George Lucas actually contributed to this one. Uh, well, he, from his quote on it, he had so much more to tell. <laughs> Uh, but she said, or she or he, he or she says, it is the first book in, of course, a trilogy since Lucas is behind it, and it came out around 1996. I purchased it when it was released because it was a sequel to the movie Willow. <laughs> they do not expound upon that. But the book sat on my shelf for probably 20 years because my friend told me it was confusing, and characters they had loved in Willow were completely different or immediately killed off. Um, 
It also might be assuming to read something from the Star, amusing to read something from the Star Wars creator after reading something from the Star Trek actor. And there is a discussion about a Willow movie sequel in the works. Hopefully not from these books. So that would be some nice synergy. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, I was I was trying to think of an analog of trying to get excited again about a film. What is it? Uh, is it eight years later? Yeah, it, uh, I think eight? seven. Yeah, eighty-eight to ninety-five. Oh, okay. I thought, all right. Uh, you know, like I, it's time for me to expand the universe of the movie Hollow Man. You know, or something. <laughs> something just where you like. I haven't thought of that. Right. I literally haven't thought of that in five years, and now you're coming up with it. Right. It's, ever remember, uh, ever wonder what uh, Corky Romano kept doing after the credits rolled? Well, we've got I was some only news telling you. you the pre story of Corky Romano. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, I'm always frustrated by there's no reliable like box office or, you know, uh, records or certified platinum. It doesn't seem to be able to find those numbers for these books, but, uh, but based on the availability of, uh, $2 used copies on Amazon, this seems like this was a, uh, a one that they, they offloaded the copies pretty quickly. Um, and do we have a, we have an ebook for this? Are we going to be able to read it? That's very important for me. Yes. As someone who, oh, great. Yeah, don't right. fear. Um, yeah, so the, the process of ordering these books from like, you know, like, uh, used book guy, you know, 187 on Amazon is, I've already ordered, uh, three of these because the first one didn't send them and canceled. I have another one coming to you that is, um, still in the, you know, pre-processing way. So we'll see what has to happen with that, but we can get started reading the, uh, the, the ebook, uh, quicker. Um, I'm excited. And and this just jumped out at me, um, considering what we've just come through and, and you know, speaking back to uh, to Pappy and his uh, prose, this is just in the middle of a review you put on the notes here. The writing is wordy, pedantic, wordy, confusing, and wordy. Did I mention it was wordy and confusing? <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah. So that is the uh, that is the, uh, the the main review that's uh, at the top of the page. It is a one-star review from J.S., um, and <laughs> they, uh, this is the only review they've ever written on Amazon. So that is, uh, I think that, that should factor in, I think when you're, uh, when you're, when you're waiting these reviews is this person, uh, hated this book so much that they felt the need to, you know, have it be the only thing they've ever reviewed. Um, but they, uh, let's just read some more of it. This book was co-authored by George Lucas and Chris Claremont. So I'm not really sure who to blame more for this hot mess of a story. But either way, I'm seriously disappointed. I only made it to page 121 before I finally gave up on it. So we should we should uh, circle that page when we get our copies and see sort of if there's something there that uh, that led them to uh, you know throw it out the window or if that was just a uh, a point of exhaustion. Yeah, I've I've had as much as I can take and I can't take no more. I assume. <laughs> yes. They wanted so much to like this book. I'm a huge fan of the movie Willow, and I had known about the book trilogy for some time. So when I finally got around to ordering book one, I couldn't wait to tear into it. I was so looking forward to letting my imagination run wild with more exciting adventures of the characters I'd met in Willow. I can't think of a sadder sentence. Um, unfortunately, this book was like a slap in the face to anyone who loved this movie. Um, so, yeah, it's a uh, – uh, I pulled a couple other reviews, but that seems to be a not common sentiment is if you loved Willow, this is going to be a, a great disappointment. So we might have to revisit the movie ourselves to uh, to sort of learn, um, you know, why people were so upset. Do you consider when you watch a movie that you're meeting the characters? That seems a little lofty. Like, when I, you know, I, I so loved the characters I met in Corky Romano. <laughs> I saw I saw Willow. I didn't meet characters. Yeah, you ran into him in a hotel lobby, and uh, you know you 
told him you loved his work and took a selfie with Corky Romano and (laughs) (laughs) people, people commented on it. Hey, I met him too one time. Uh, Yeah. I just, this just keeps coming up. I'm, I'm learning right now this movie again that I have never thought of, never, you know, like seen a DVD on eBay or something or a Blu-ray that's supposed to be good and gone, you know, I should put that in the old library. Like it's just never come up. That uh, that it has a beloved uh, a fan base that find it uh, to be one of the best movies of the eighties. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, pretty much if there's anything from the eighties, it's going to be someone's beloved, um, you know, the the movie that defined their childhood. I guess so. Um, uh, do we are we certain it wasn't mentioned in Klein's book? I mean, geez, I guess we'll we'll have to look. We'll we'll look up and and get back to that. But I mean, it seems like there there has to be some sort of mention. Uh, I mean, I, we know he didn't play it with, uh, what was it, Cinna? What was the game of just recreating a movie? <laughs> a flick sync. Flick sync. We would have remembered a flick sync, but, you know, it probably, it seems like it should have got a mention. Um, I will, I'll do a quick thing right now. I, will, uh, I was trying All to right, look we'll up. Do a lot. I was trying to look up how much um, erotic fan art of Willow existed. Um that, but no, you didn't. Well, well, I mean, I, that, that's the true indication of how much it has, you know, resonated with an audience. You know, that's the that as a creator, that's how you really have to justify. Um, so one of the tabs on your computer now has an erotic drawing of Warwick Davis. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> no, there's some other character named Willow, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was the main thing that, that turned up. Let's see. Let's. I uh... wait. Now is Warwick Davis? Is he Willow? I believe so, and this is a uh, this is something that resonated oh, yeah. in Your other Ulf good, yeah, sorry. <laughs> in other people. They objected that uh, that um, his his characters the names change in the beginning of the book, so that is another reason we probably need to read the uh, revisit the movie because they I guess Willow starts being not called Willow, whether that's a copyright dodge or something like that. Um, we'll have to investigate, but um, I think they, they someone said his name changes in the first twenty pages of the book. Oh, uh, well, that uh, that sends off some real alarm bells. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a retrofitted uh, Willow book or something like that. No, uh, no Willow Shakes- mentions in Ready Player One. Shakespeare wrote uh, Macbeth too, and uh, the character's not named Macbeth. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's a, it's uh, no a prequel, obviously. No Klein mentions, no erotic fan art. So yeah, I don't. I'm not sure how much this book really resonated. Hmm. And what is uh, the Mad Mardigan? I see come up. Um, I assumed it was one of the brownies, but that's not true. No, that's Val so, Kilmer's character. Okay, and what was was he like the uh, uh, the kind of the rogue helping him? You know, the scoundrel who I, uh, with, with a heart of gold. I, I think assume. I think that's got to be the uh, the trope he fulfills. Yeah, that was another. I remembered that name growing up just because it it stood out to me, and I I wondered why it was such a weird name. But uh, yeah, that's. I think he gets turned into a pig. That's another uh, memorable moment of the movie. And how? Soon after he was snapping his teeth in a locker room, was this? <laughs> I mean, Top Gun was probably eighty six, right? Okay, yeah. So you, yeah, that's what you uh, you you t- you take you take that box office capital, and this is what you translate it into. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, I think uh, um, of all the, uh, it, it'll be fun to read something that's not a uh, novelization of a movie, but something that's more of an exploration. Um, and, uh, wait a minute before I, let me hedge my bets on being excited. How long is this book? Did you, Oh boy. <laughs> did you look it up? I did not look it up. I, uh, uh, 
Um, <laughs> you were the one who said, let's do this one. Hey, hey, hey. Whoa. Quick turnaround on that. I'm merely exploring. Suddenly <laughs> uh, there's finger pointing. <laughs> well, I sent you a big list, and this is the one that you're like, this jumps to the top of my list. Uh, 464 pages. But I think it's I think it's like a trade paper. It's like a beach read book. It's like you'd find it at a uh, you know in a in a beach house, and it's one of those type of books. So I think it's like like Tech War was. It was that sort of uh, small book. So I don't think the pages are going to be uh, you know real right. book pages. Right. It's uh, the second and third one where he really expands the universe. <laughs> he's still in on book one. He's still pre pre story. If it comes as one of those books like uh, Dwight David Thrash or uh, the way that uh, White Worm was written, oh my, we will then have to uh, (laughs) rescind this very quickly. Uh, Yeah, it's like a typewriter paper that has been barely glued together. (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, since we do not have the books in our hand, it will be hard to give an assignment, but we will post that as soon as we know. But uh, yeah, run out and uh, raid the uh, the weird used booksellers on Amazon or the ebooks or whatever you've got. Uh, the audio book. I don't know who reads that one. That'll be a fun one if anyone wants to. Wait, there is an audio book? Listed as an audio cassette um, like they used to be able to get from the library. So if anyone ends up listening to it that way, please let us know how the audio cassette version works and how you have a functioning cassette player in your home. And also we have uh, yet to explore uh, that world of, of amateur audiobook reading oh right which i only learned about of course i should have known it existed but uh for uh lair of the white worm didn't you say there's a bunch yeah, of them you could just public domain it and people can go and uh and i guess there's competing uh bram stoker uh performers wow this wow. one is performed by renee abergenau oh oh yeah the guy from uh Oh, I think he was on the sitcom Benson, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> it that, that comes up right away. He and looks... he was in Star the Star Wars. No, sorry. I'm going to get in so much trouble. Star Trek Universe, no, I believe. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he looks like I, he I could be a... Uh, oh. He How? was, he was in his makeup on set, and we walked through the uh, the, the Star Trek area of the studio. And wow. He was, he, was, uh, he was very welcoming. He seemed like a very nice guy, and the... Three to four minutes I was with him. I'm picturing, yeah, the uh, what what he must have looked like as a character. Was he the guy with, like, the ears? I <laughs> Oh, no, no, he's not. <laughs> I think he's one of those where he has, you know, just a few appliques pressed here and there about his skull. And yeah. uh, therefore, <laughs> yeah. he didn't have to do the, the, the uh, eight-hour chair sit at four in the morning before <laughs> the rest of the cast. The he fact, had that much clout. The fact that I looked at him and immediately thought he must have played the guy with the uh, big forehead butt and the ears. Um, <laughs> I apologize. Um, well, yeah. So if anyone listens to his narration, that'll be uh, fun as well. Um, I don't know. Anything else? No, I don't think so. Just uh, say that page count again, if you would, please. 464. All righty. <laughs> <laughs> and we bought the uh, mass market paperback because it was cheaper. So I think that's probably where you're, uh, where you're seeing that page count come from. So we will see. So this is the kind of paper stock where if you are, you know, reading Willow in the tub with candles about you and uh, light classical music playing, and then you drop it in the tub, the paper immediately disintegrates, and, uh, and you have to buy another copy of Willow. Yes, or like the uh, the uh, Norton anthology uh, we had in, in college where the paper was like just thin enough that someone was like, you know, you can rip the pages out of that and use them to roll joints with. I was like, what? <laughs> where, where did this come, get passed around to you? Like, this is you know utterly insane. But yeah, it's going to be that that thin. 
very tough to find rolling paper. So, you know. <laughs> right. You might as well rip up the $60 compendium of the, uh, the Western canon. We also don't have any empty cans, nor do we have an apple. So we're stuck, guys. We're stuck. <laughs> All right, yeah. So on that note, let's uh, let's run out and uh, and add all these uh, add add Shadow Moon to the list of customers who also bought the uh, Pole Vault the Championship of the entire universe and John Hodgman's medallion status. Uh, just crap up those recommendation pages further. Yes, and I'm also certain that we're going to find that Shadow Moon is a song by a prog rock group from somewhere between 1977 and 1995. Oh so, yeah, uh, it's going to be yeah. Shadow Shadow Moon and then Roman numerals up to five um, for like the the <laughs> middle the middle part of the album. Right. God. All right. Well, get uh, get by and get reading, everyone, and we'll uh, get these episodes going. Sounds good. This is 372 pages. We'll never get back.